So this is definitely the weirdest podcast we've ever done because we've never talked about this before. But it is is exclusive. Welcome to another episode of Goddess Things. Episode 26. Woo! We have like maybe the coolest couple ever in the world as a guest today. A couple goals big time. I mean, they're like, I don't know, like when you, when you're talking to them, like the way they bounce back and forth and like finish each other's cup. They're just like one. They are the one. Of becoming one. I'm obsessed with them. I um, We had talked about reaching out to them mm-hmm. and then um, Sadie was going to do it, but then I, I was like, I cannot wait. <laughs> so I reached out because I just think they're so fascinating. They're so genuine. They're so authentic. They're, they have such integrity in everything that they do. Mm-hmm. They are a celebrity occultist couple. The Eckarts. The Eckart. Dan and Kat Eckart are joining us. But before we do that, should we catch up a little quick? Oh, yeah. We'll do a quick little catchy-catchy. We'll do a little catchy-catchy. A little and short one. We will, and um, then the interview will be here. Dive into, like, an interview. Oh, and by the way, Dan and Kat share things in this interview that they have so not shared in other interviews. Like, questions they've never been asked, things they've never shown. Like, <laughs> this is the, the real yes, deal. So we You guys got exclusive. And they're going to blow up. They're going to be, like, mega famous. They're, they're already blowing up, but, like, they're going to be... They're going to have their own television show. It's Absolutely. so obvious. If, yeah. if Gaia, if you're watching, if you're not, like, <laughs> all over, like... I think they should be a Netflix original (gasps) reality-ish, you know, like not that, not following them around every day, but it should be like a reality show of like a day in the life. Oh my gosh. Quick, quick pitch. And guess what the, guess what it's called? The okay. Eckhart Experience. It's either called the Eckhart Experience or Meet the Eckharts. Meet the Eckharts. I feel like that's more of like the show and I'm seeing the, co- oh, I'm seeing the whole thing <laughs> and it's like, um, a married couple with an uncanny ability to contact spirit hosts seances mm-hmm. and travels internationally connecting spirit to you. I know they were talking about, um, cause they're on the East coast and going to these different like haunted areas to do seances. I'm like, imagine them in like Europe because mm-hmm. I, so I just came back from the East coast and I can feel the difference when I'm there. You just feel yes. so much more energy and history around you, especially now that I'm actually in tune with it. But even before then, I, I always felt overwhelmed by it before. And now I, this t- this experience being in New York again and going to Philadelphia, I enjoyed it because I could set my like kind of boundary of like, all right, I want to, I want to feel the, the history and the energy, but not in an overwhelming way. Um, so they have so many cool locations that they get to do on the East Coast. They um, are about to tell you about this really interesting, like, church catacombs they were in. We, we just finished the interview and now we're doing the intro, so that's why I'm not predicting the future. But I'm, 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 imagining them, I'm imagining them going to, like, Athens, Greece to the Acropolis and channeling Aristotle and going to, I don't just, you know, everything is so much older, you know, everything in the U S is so new compared to then. And I loved being in Europe for that reason. So I'm like, I want them to take me on a little trip to (laughs) Europe and tell me everything. I was definitely, definitely a little starstruck as we did this interview the whole time. I was just like like, giddy. 
And I was like, I hope I'm not asking dumb questions. <laughs> no, they were amazing questions. Okay, good. It's so much fun. What's what's new with you? What is new with me? It's been two weeks since we last saw each other. Give me a moment. You go first. You had like a trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It takes me a minute to remember. Well, so I went on my trip. We started out in Wisconsin. I saw my dad and my brothers. Nice. It was super fun. Um, and a couple friends. And then we went to Philadelphia, which I had never been to Philadelphia before. The Liberty so Bell. I saw it. <laughs> it's fine. It's not a bell. Impressive. But it was cool. You can go see it for free. We had to wait in line. Um, but it was super fun because I just never been there before. Oh my, oh my God, when we were in Philadelphia. So Craig had the day off on his birthday on Monday. So we, his show the night before was outside of Philadelphia. And it was in this amazing little town. And the show was amazing. Um, shout out to Soul Jules. And then we were like, oh, for his birthday, we'll spend one night in a hotel like in the city so we can like walk and stuff. But we had a rental car. So on his birthday, we drive the rental car to kind of the center area where we can walk to lots of stuff. And the street signs are so freaking confusing. Okay. There's like one spot where you're not allowed to park and then the rest of the street or like vice versa. There's all these arrows different ways. It's like pick a side of the street or paint the curbs at least or something. Well, we were trying to be really careful because somebody warned us. But no, we parked in a no parking spot Uh-oh. and got our car towed. It got towed. That had never happened to me before. We got there and I was like, surely this isn't the block because our car is here. It was like this bright blue rental car. You guys probably all saw this oh, on no. story. But, um, and at the exact same time that we're walking up and we're like, fuck, we got towed. <laughs> Greg gets a phone call and it's um, his like manager saying that the last little bit of his tour in Washington, D.C. got canceled because um, not anything bad, just like there was renovations in the building and the building owner didn't tell like the comedy club it wouldn't be done in time until the last minute. So he gets his news that his shows are canceled and our car is getting towed within 20 seconds. I swear to God, it's his birthday. No. So we have to take a Uber to like the lot, but it drops us off somewhere random. And we were like, what? Get another Uber and get there. It was all fine. We laughed it off. I was like, babe, just post on your Instagram story that you got towed on your birthday and ask your fans to like send you a dollar each and it'll be easily paid for. And that it worked out. He, Aww. He, like, he was like, you're right. I would never normally do that, but it is my birthday. And I was like, yeah, you're not asking somebody to send you the $300. <laughs> so bad poor guy um but then yeah everything else was fine all the shows were super super fun i got to spend a whole week with my bff Haley in her beautiful brooklyn new york apartment it was rainy and cold a lot of the days which kind of sucked but um we just were she's one of my oldest oldest friends so we just had fun like not worrying about doing stuff and just staying home and like eating junk food and goofing around and it was so fun um and now I'm back home that's the big summary oh my god it's the best but I'm really happy to be home it was too long to be away from home and your kitties yeah and then last night I got home late and boo wouldn't cuddle with me and I was like I'm gonna start crying if you don't let me call you right now. But then today she was super cuddly and she slept with me all night. So she was just grumpy, I guess. She's mad. She's like, how dare you leave She was like, you left me and you think you just get to waltz back in here 
it holds me like old times. <laughs> old times. <laughs> like, cat, she's only like a year old. She's probably thought it was like months. That's so true. The perception of yeah. time. She's like, who are you? Oh, you're my mother. <laughs> Did you ever read Are You My Mother? Yes. Little? Oh, my yeah. grandma used to read that to yeah. me. Are You My Mother? It was always so sad to me. I know. It's like, God, where's his mother? She shows up at the end. Yeah, but it was a long time before it was he a long there. time. Yeah, the train and like the a... snort. Oh, yeah. Remember, it was like the bulldozer, but he called it the a snort or something. It's cute, but a little bit scary when you're literally. I was like, is this gonna happen to me? Am I gonna have to ask all these different things when I lose my mom? Where are you, my mother? <laughs> I, I, I lost my mom once in a Target, and uh, it was probably for maybe a minute, but it, it felt like. 25 and I was clinging to one of like the red poles in Target just like wailing and she I know I think me. I planted myself the few times I was like I'm just not gonna move I'm not gonna panic <laughs> I'm just gonna stay here I'm gonna act like I'm busy so people don't talk to me because I was scared of other people that's smart <laughs> um what is new with me okay well on Friday I released because this is coming out Monday so this oh, past okay. Friday I released a brand new song and music video and I'm so proud of it I love it so much we'll put the link in the description it is a reimagined really dreamy beautiful version of California here I come and let me tell you a little bit about the music video that we made so Victor, my wonderful creative filmmaker boyfriend, which is a gift and so mm -hmm. convenient. Um, I was like, we need to make a video for this. I don't have like a vision vision, but I just know it's going to turn out great. And I sort of feel guided that I don't have to have an exact plan, that it's just going to be mm -hmm. great. And that drove him nuts <laughs> because he wanted a it's plan. Like, what am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> but I said, let's just drive up to Topanga. So we go to Topanga Canyon and everything is kind of dead and dried out. And I started getting really frustrated. And he's like, Juliet, let's just go to the ocean. Like, we'll do something beachy. We get to the beach and there are two things that happen when we get there that we could not have planned. Um, the first is there is a sunset of dreams happening. Mm. Just an absolutely exquisite the sunset. The June bloom has set in. So all day sucks, but it makes for exquisite sunset. Yes. So yep. we landed an exquisite sunset. And the other thing that happened, which was kind of unbelievable, and I am still blown away by this. Somebody, as we're sort of like, get, you know, walking to the sand and getting our stuff together, somebody walks by and lays down like 12 long stem white roses just along the shore, like sort of where the waves break and then leaves. And it was like so majestic looking. And I'm sure it was like a tribute of some kind and hmm, or what I don't I, I don't know I shouldn't assume but anyways I said well that's the video so this is this beautiful video and then I like I'm walking along the beach and I find these flowers and then by the end of the video I'm like in my white dress with my flowers like in the water and the song is sort of like a love song to California and it looks like I'm marrying California almost there's like little wedding nods in there I want to marry California I know me too okay we have to the we have to insert that clip that you sent me of you being sexy on the beach and then a seagull walking oh I do <laughs> okay so this is because she was like oh beautiful you know Juliet's kind of just like doing things on the beach singing and then this and she's almost in slow motion because she's because she's trying to you know be like with the music and then it's just normal this seagull go 
And he's walking, walking by. by. <laughs> okay, we'll insert that right now. So there I am lying on the beach, just. And this little guy's just, going. And here he comes. <laughs> I tell you, that made me laugh. So, yes, we shot a music video. We put together the video, the song, everything. It's it's out now. I'm really excited about it. And I made the song with Evan Roth. He's an amazing composer. And if, if you hear uh, the last chorus, you hear a lovely male vocalist. That's Evan mm. as well. So that's so exciting. Oh, I just got a whiff of Palo Santo. Is it yeah, possible? Oh, maybe he's burning it. Okay. I was like, am I... Am I Claire Smellians or Gusty? No, Claire Aliens as well. We talk about that coming up. So without further ado, <gasps> that's that experience. That's what the episode's called. That's the episode name. <gasps> the Eckhart Experience. There it is. Here you go. Enjoy. Uh, hello, Kat and Dan. We have the Eckharts here with us today on a very special episode of Goddess Hangs. Episode 26. Woo! <laughs> well, thank you for having us. Hello. Hello, hello. So I uh, know the Eckhart's because, well, and you all, Juliet and listeners, because I've talked a little bit about how I joined the Seance Coven. So you guys are just like the coolest couple ever because well, thanks. you're in the business of talking to dead people. You do it together. <laughs> I'm curious, did you both have this going on and then meet, or was this something you grew into together? Like, how did Kat and Dan meet and how did this come to be? So it's a little bit of an unfolding. Um, This has been a journey and a development over time. Both of us have always been into weird stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. And Kat, maybe you have some more um, detail there. Yeah, I mean, we met in college. We met the first day of college and we were very different people than the people you see here today. Uh, we went to an evangelical Christian college. Mm. Uh, we were um, a little bit nerdy, so I think we bonded over that. Uh, but we weren't fully fledged into this kind of occult, esoterica realm yet. We were kind of on the edges and wondering how to get in there. Exactly. Uh, there was something about the periphery of where we were at the time. I grew up in what I would consider today to be a haunted house. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had weird experiences in my house uh, from the time I was a little kid. But uh, how do you, you know, how do you engage with that? What's the framework and the language around it? And for mm-hmm. my context, the language around that was either like, "This is crazy, and so I better not tell people about it," mm-hmm. or worst case scenario, "This is demons," and then it's even worse. So yeah. I, uh, you know, kind of dealt with that for many years, but. I was always interested in this stuff. Uh, my, a relative of mine gave me a collection of books that were like 20th mysteries of the 20th century. And my favorite one was one that was all about pyramids and UFOs and mm. seances and mediums and uh, spontaneous combustion and all kinds of weird uh, <laughs> mysteries, really. And as much as that enthralled me, and honestly, as much as some of the content scared me, especially like the alien stuff, because mm-hmm. that felt very similar to my haunted house experience, um, I couldn't look away from it. And so you go into this environment, which in this case was where we met, and you're kind of keeping part of that a secret. Um, yeah. You're told yeah. that you can't really share that with other people. And I know, Kat, you've talked to Pat in the past about like your 
connection to like nature and stuff as a kid and the imagination of it. And then feeling like you had to kind of push that back down because, you know, that's not so good. Absolutely. Uh, well, anything that is related to nature spirits is just fantasy. Right. And that's kind of how you get the kind of nerdy, the geeky bit, the interest, but none of this is really real. And you know that, and I know that. So we're just going to be interested in the possibility of it. Exactly. And so we meet and for like almost immediately, it's like this weird connection. Yeah. And I even told Kat, I was like, I feel like I've known you for forever, like forever. Like we, we just instantly connected and jived and had all of this stuff to say. And at the time, I, of course, didn't believe in past lives, but it mm. felt like kind of past life connection. Mm. I even knew that terminology, but, you know, didn't have the belief in it per se. Yeah. I mean, I was pretty reserved at that time when I first met people. And within a couple of days, I was like, I was sleeping on his shoulder uh, during oh. orientation. Well, I mean, it was like the first few days of college and I already felt like I knew you. Yeah. Felt super comfortable with you. So then fast forward, like, six months um and oh, we've yes. been dating all this time <laughs> and cat comes to spend the night at my my house my weird haunted house <laughs> and that was the moment where everything kind of cracked open um because well, you had an experience yeah, it started to so um i think it was evening time but i walked into his room and turn around and there was something in the doorway some sort of like shadowy, dark, very tall figure. And I had never seen anything before and I still don't see um, spirits very often, mm -hmm. but this presence was there. It was very um, unfriendly. Oh. <laughs> it was a very negative presence. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what to do with it. I looked away because it was terrifying. And then I looked back and it wasn't there in the same way, but I could mm -hmm. still feel it. I could still feel the heaviness of it. And I really freaked out. I didn't know what to think of this at all. Yeah. And so when we started talking about this, that's when it kind of became apparent that like, oh, wait, I'm not alone in this. Like mm -hmm. someone else has verified this. This is someone outside of me who's had this yeah. weird experience. And now looking back um, with the benefit of a lot of like, education and hindsight yeah. can probably say that shadow figure shadow spirit was a manifestation of a lot of like just recurring fear um mm. i probably made that thing far worse than it ever <laughs> actually was mm. but um one of my favorite books the supernatural by graham hancock he does an anthropological study of like um experiences with the paranormal across multiple cultures and makes a compelling point that people who uh, tap into the weirdness, the paranormal, who are interested in ghosts or UFOs or whatever, um, in cultures that have the language to talk about this, it's something that people can kind of get a framework for, and it's not so much of a negative experience. There can be negative components, but there's a whole group of people surrounding them who have language to explain it, mm -hmm. where the U.S. in particular does not really have a good occult language, does not really have a good um, uh, spiritual language to discuss these things. And so we often make these experiences far worse than they need to be. Mm -hmm. um, so that really became like an impetus for this work too, was 
discussing and showing people like you can engage with this. This is okay. You're not insane. Um, but we just, we're struggling to, and I think right now as a group witnessing this explosion of like spiritual content and spiritual mm-hmm. leaders and people who are interested in the paranormal, the occult, the esoteric, we're creating a language around this now. Um, and it's exciting to see where that language goes. I was so curious, like, when did the seances begin? And like, I think when a lot of people, even myself included, like I do Mm -hmm. mediumship, but I've never participated in a seance. And I think there's so many maybe like misconceptions or like Hollywood ideas about what a seance is. So I'm curious, like how that that work began for you and like what does it sort of look like like what is a a a celebrity occultist dan and kat eckhart seance look like the experience yeah Yeah, walk (laughs) us through it (laughs) well uh the seance began before the mediumship began Mm, wow which is really interesting because you know there are a lot of barriers to towards claiming that term Mm -hmm. or at least there were for us There were a lot of um, insecurities and even myths Mm -hmm. that we had to overcome before we could practice mediumship in any real way. Um, So seance for us was a way that we could facilitate the liminal, facilitate um, viewing the paranormal, experiencing the paranormal, and really exploring the beyond with people without sort of even saying okay well we're interested in this because we might be a little bit you know sensitive Mm -hmm. right and so we view seance particularly as a ritual Uh, although most people associate seances with like the spiritualist church or spiritism Mm -hmm. or like that kind of hollywood uh, harry houdini ghostbusters (laughs) aesthetic we see seance as essentially, um, it's a ritual. Uh, it is a group of people gathering with intent to experience spirit connection. Uh, so for us, it was a very safe way to kind of engage with this. Yeah. And we have had weird paranormal experiences. We live in a very odd paranormal town. <laughs> <laughs> Legitimately, the town we live in is known for Bigfoot sightings in the 1970s, higher than average ufo sightings over the town it's built on a ley line it has a ton of like haunted ghost stories up and down the street oh God, we have to part go of visit. the underground railway <laughs> like it is just an insane i'm booking my head. ticket <laughs> yes you guys can start yes. like ghost tours over there <laughs> <laughs> and it called to us in a big way yeah. like when we moved here it was like oh wow we have to be here So we wanted to see and experiment with, well, how can we, with a group of like-minded people, experience these? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. what things are out there when we kind of create space for them? Right. And the seance, I mean, it has a traditional way of unfolding. Mm -hmm. It's that intention. It's the calling of spirits. It's like, well pre-pandemic times it was the holding hands and gathering together and lighting candles and then you know you engage in these different tools and techniques to communicate with the spirit world it was really i mean it's like an outline or a template Mm -hmm. for how to engage with spirit yeah and it's a generally a very safe space to do it because people are approaching the spirit contact with the intent of contacting positive or beneficial spirits. Mm -hmm. 
And we get the question a lot as like, okay, so if you're a medium, why then would you attend a seance, right? Like you already got it. You already are talking <laughs> to spirits. And what we found is like any ritual intention, um, when you have people gathered together with the same thing in mind, the experience is so much more powerful. Mm -hmm. So then we have mediums who are experiencing profound spirit connection or people who are, um, you know, just don't consider themselves to be sensitive, but are interested and they're feeling touches, they're feeling um, temperature fluctuation, they're experiencing these things that gives you a moment to say, wait a second, there's something here that's way bigger than everything else. And like, we're just observing it for a moment. I love that. Oh, yeah. And and for us, seances is really about, they're really about um, facilitating that connection for everyone mm -hmm. and creating space for that to happen for everyone in whatever way spirit wants to interact positively with our guests. So it's a lot of facilitation. It's some sometimes, well, we always at the beginning of our seance, we share our own paranormal experiences. So we kind of become more connected as a group. So it's safe on multiple levels. And then no seance is the same. Yeah. Like, it's always different. The manifestations are always different and they surprise even us. <laughs> Can I ask like what has been you know, the most or like the top three most unbelievable, like if you were at the airport and telling the person <laughs> next to you, they'd be like, these people are making it up. Like what are like, the, <laughs> what are the most like amazing things that you've experienced or witnessed or just made you go, whoa? Yeah, this is a great question. It's one we get a lot because um, I think when people have an experience with the paranormal, an uncanny, weird experience, it's it's so hard to quantify. It's so hard to mm -hmm. put into words. Um, the thing that I think people would feel like, oh, this is like impossible, is the same thing that I always come to, which is uh, in studying seances and reviewing the literature around it, you often hear reports of apports or apportation and like physical items being dropped off from the spirit world. Mm. And a lot of the accounts of apports come from like essentially 1900s to 1920s debunkers. Mm. Uh, so people who are like basically saying, hey, this is fraud. This is sleight of hand. This is Harry Houdini. Like there is no way that the spirits are dropping coins or rose petals or whatever. Um, and it does sound like absolutely ridiculous mm -hmm. that something could physically manifest from the spirit world. So there are two ways to read that. Like charitably, you can read that as occult literature and a lot of occult literature is metaphorical. So maybe roses did not actually appear on the seance table. Maybe the smell of roses indicates uh, traditionally could be uh, allegory for the wounds of Christ keeping in mind that spiritualism is kind of plugged into Christianity at that time, mm -hmm. or it can be an allusion to like the Rosicrucians and like that kind of secret society motif that was very popular at the time. Less char charitably, we could just read it as fraud. Yeah, somebody's just dumping stuff and saying, look, the spirits are here. <laughs> um, so for a long time, I didn't know what to do with apports and didn't particularly care either mm -hmm. <laughs> until we were doing a seance in a burial ground um, in Baltimore, Westminster Burial Ground, where Edgar Allan Poe is buried. Mm. And underneath the church, there are um, catacombs. They're not traditional catacombs. Like, 
the church was actually built on top of the graveyard because they ran out of space. Mm. So they had the graveyard and then they just put the church on top of it. But a lot of those... That's um, one way to do it. <laughs> exactly. So underneath, there are, underneath this church, when you go down into the basement, there are all of these um, above ground burial spots. Oh, like they, stone tombs. Yes, like stone dirt tombs. Oh, and wow. a lot of it has uh, suffered from flooding and structural integrity issues. Mm. So there are spaces where like human femurs are just kind of popping out of the ground or boxes of bones that have just kind of washed away um, and that they've just, families haven't claimed. We don't like to talk about that. So the, uh, oh exactly. so the estate has just kind of put them off to the like side. Like a lost and, and found. Them. Like a lost and found. <laughs> so there are all these wooden pews down there and we are conducting a seance and the seance ends. Um, everything was very active. As you can imagine, you're mm -hmm. doing the seance in this very charged space. Wow. Okay. And on the ground in these wooden, uh, the wooden pews where everyone was sitting on the ground, uh, when we bring up the lights, someone brings uh, to our attention that there's all this crushed, um, it's not crushed. It's like a weathered, like, like a sea glass, like glass bottles that get like uh -huh. thrown in the sea. Yeah. But it's red, like smooth glass. And it has this pattern on it, which matches exactly the pattern of our red light lantern. Uh, our lantern was the only thing lit at the time. Our lantern was perfectly fine. There was nothing like wrong with the lantern. It didn't seem to be broken. It wasn't at all. broken. It hadn't shattered. But this perfectly matched pattern glass that it looked like it had been smoothed down by the ocean was surrounding our guests where we were sitting. And people started to say, I felt something falling on my head during what? the seance. I assumed. <laughs> It was just dirt, dirt from the, yeah. like, the unfinished ceiling above us. I don't know what to do with that because <laughs> we entered with our guests. Um, it's under the care of the state and a university currently. So when we go there, we have to get permission from a security guard who lets us in. Mm -hmm. uh, everything is recorded. There's you know video footage running there at all times because it is a somewhat dangerous site um, and it is a historical location. Once we were done, the security guard came and got us and left, like brought everybody out at the same time and locked the door. So I have no idea what to do with that. Um, it wasn't there when we came in. It was there when we left. The only thing I can think of is like maybe somehow somebody like janitor or something. I don't know. <laughs> it keeps me awake at night. I can't, oh. firmly, I can't firmly say that it was Apports because I don't know. I didn't yeah. see it happen. There may be a very logical explanation mm -hmm. for it, but that's the thing that just ties my brain into knots. <laughs> You're like, this is why I haven't slept in four and a half yes. years. Oh my gosh. Wow. I've never even heard of an Apport. Apport. Is that like short for apparition? Apportation, Apportation is generally what it's short for. Yeah. Okay. So it's um, the idea was that the spirits could manifest things. And in the literature, we see it can be items that people like guests had lost. So like people would come mm. to mediums and they'd be like, oh, the spirits found like, you know, um, this family picture of yours. And here it is in my lap now. And we can look at that and be like, okay, that could very obviously be fraud, right? Like yeah. <laughs> that's really weird. Yeah. But people have told us yeah. about experiencing upwards experiencing coins specifically yes and there i mean i've heard that actually from multiple different sources mm -hmm. including um including some like people who we've spoken to within like the past six months who have attended 
uh, spiritually charged locations, haunted locations mm -hmm. where they've been pelted on the head by pennies. Now, again, I wasn't there. I don't know, <laughs> but they were really freaked out about yeah. it. So it seems to be a weird, uh, a weird occurrence that yeah. is certainly more well known in the realm of the seance world. Mm -hmm. Physical manifestations are still very shocking to us yeah because it, it feels almost like another step beyond the mediumship although when we first started to experience like what it's like to do mediumship that was incredible mm -hmm. like that's still the most incredible thing to me was that i knew this information and it really resonated with people and i'm still ah, that's amazing i hope we never lose that i know yeah, we 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 can both are mediums as well. We're newer to it, but I agree. It's like every time I do it, I'm like, really? That was <laughs> that was true, or like I'm like still like, oh my god, I can't believe I knew that. Like that's bizarre. It's yeah, it hasn't gotten old yet. And I think we share that same thing of like, this is gonna stay, right? This isn't <laughs> gonna go away, right? <laughs> I'm yeah. like that with songwriting too. I'm like. I hope that's not the last song I write. But no, I think as long as we're open to it, it'll always be. I think around. so. Yeah. yeah. I think so. And I think that's a big reason like um, we encourage people who come to work with us or who have joined us for like the seance coven, as an mm -hmm. example, to explore as many different aspects of mediumship as they feel comfortable exploring. Mm -hmm. Because we've come to this space in like the medium dialogue where mediumship looks like one or two things and sometimes those one or two things aren't the preferred way in which you're going to have spirit contact in which you're personally receptive to mm -hmm. spirits or in which spirits want to communicate with you so it's important to really kind of push like if you get communication through pendulums or through scrying or through automatic writing that is just as valid as of mediumship as someone who is incredibly uh, gifted at like evidential mediumship or mm -hmm. incredibly gifted at channeling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think what's really amazing about what you're doing is I, I, I think we both believe that everyone can be a medium and you're bringing opening up the space to say maybe you don't think you can but come experience this in a seance and that kind of sparks the oh I, I did experience something myself and then I love what we're doing in the coven is like exploring all these different avenues. Maybe your strength isn't this way. Maybe you're not clairvoyant, um, but you're you're amazing at this. And I don't know. I I feel like I loved our um, our mentorship we did for mediumship, mm -hmm. but it was kind of one track. And I love how you're exploring so many different spaces of it. It's really really incredible. It's it's Thank really you. it's fantastic. And so there's all these ways we can okay i have another question first so <laughs> i'm trying to visualize the seance so in a perfect world we'd all be around a table we'd all be mm -hmm. holding hands and there would be a can a candle situation and <laughs> i love it and then like do the messages come through you do they come through everyone does everybody sort of take turns do you lead it like what is it like? <laughs> Great question. So yeah. Yeah. Well, the the actual holding hands part comes after a few important um, grounding and uh, group building things. I think. 
Exactly. So most of the time when people come to join us for a seance, we don't go directly into sitting in a circle. Uh, first, we want to introduce everyone to each other because we're going to be spending mm-hmm. sometimes up to three hours together in a space. So oh. it might be good to know who we're with. <laughs> and then um, sharing, kind of getting into the mindset of sharing your paranormal experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, because that can be, for us, it can be beneficial to know like, oh, this person has had experiences in this specific way. Mm-hmm. Um, or this person has never had an experience that they're aware of and they're just here to observe. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes people voice whether or not they're concerned or whether or not they're scared or something like that, mm-hmm. which is frankly really common. Generally, we have one or two people who are like, I don't know why I'm here. My girlfriend <laughs> dragged me to this and I'm a little afraid I'm going to leave possessed. <laughs> and so we do a lot of like dispelling. Right. Yeah. So we talk about that right there. Mm-hmm. We, we, um, give them some uh, comfort, I think, around that. Yeah, and then we move into something that's um, where we're going to connect with spirit through um, their, like something something visible, something physical. Mm. And for us, that's generally a, a spirit session with a table, um, a glass planchette, and tarot cards. And we essentially just let, um, guests as they feel so inclined come up and play with this experience what does it feel like to use a planchette what does it feel like to use to receive a message from tarot cards as read by spirit Mm. Uh, it kind of expands and bends the conversation around like what does a seance look like because some people have this idea of the ouija board and there you have some fears around it so for us this is kind of a ouija board but isn't it dips the toe in the water it's genuinely much more beneficial uh, as far as messages are concerned. And once we have like some weird spirit contact and messages coming through, once it begins to feel like, oh, wow, stuff is happening now, mm-hmm. then we move into the session where everybody takes a seat. We mm-hmm. dim the lights, we light the candles. And that's when stuff, uh, I like to say that's when reality kind of goes sideways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like. Because the messages come through, sometimes through us, through Kat and I. Mm -hmm. Um, As we've led seances, we've gotten much better at it. So, like, we've certainly been more plugged into our guides, the spirits who work with us. And we have that kind of, like, dialogue. But people will then begin to feel things, like sometimes legitimately feel touches, um, hands on their shoulders, temperature fluctuation, as I said, and receive messages. Sometimes those messages are thoughts that don't feel like their own. Sometimes it feels like a channeling kind of experience. And we let that happen, essentially. Yeah. So like when seances are being portrayed and even... Uh, documentaries on mediumship and seances are being represented, it's often just filming the medium. Mm -hmm. And the medium is talking, the medium is giving usually her whole whole way of experiencing spirit and what spirit is telling her right then. For us, it's a a little more quiet time Mm -hmm. because that's important for allowing others to speak. And one of the ways that we allow that is I will do automatic writing for a little while. Hmm. And that automatic writing is is very quiet, <laughs> <laughs> usually. Um, and so people, when, when we start, when I'll usually um, start to talk a little and then Dan will, will give his messages as well. And then we kind of take a breath 
Yeah. At that point, our job really becomes kind of keeping the group from spiraling. <laughs> so when people are having profound and heavily emotional spirit connection, sometimes that emotional energy can manifest in negative ways and we don't want people to have a negative experience. Mm -hmm. So at that point, if we pick up like, okay, this person is really having a moment um, how can we like direct this energy? How can we direct this conversation this person is having in a way that's beneficial so that we don't end up with like a Rosemary's baby situation or a poltergeist situation? I don't think we'd ever end up with. <laughs> I know. She's with like, the, please, with please the cut that perspective <laughs> that that's what's going on, but it's actually not. Yeah. I think Very that's, that's really beautiful. Cause yes, like I've, this is why I was so curious because I've always seen it portrayed like everybody sits and says nothing and one person says everything mm -hmm. and then you sort of so it's sort of like an experience that happens to you or near you rather than rather than it's your own experience. So that's yeah. really beautiful. That's, I think that's really unique. I haven't heard of um, anyone who quite does it that way. Have you? For Maybe. us, I and I think it's informed by our backgrounds, like coming from a space where like religious stuff was very top down mm. for, I know I'm very skeptical of like individuals who say like, I'm the only way by which you can get spirit messages. Mm -hmm. I'm the only way by which you can learn the higher truths. Mm -hmm. That always makes me really go, Ooh, wait, who, why, <laughs> what? Yeah. And yeah. So for us, it's very important that while we are the facilitators and we do receive messages, it's a group experience. Mm -hmm. It's someone saying that happened to me. I experienced it myself. And the messages at some point, maybe even a little ancillary to that moment of true like liminal space. I love a good liminal space. I learned about that in, in college. It's like the one thing I remember from college. <laughs> it's like liminal spaces. Um, what did I want to ask? I was going to ask, like, you mentioned growing up in a home that you had a lot of fear around mm. feeling, you know, energy, spirits around you. And I grew up like that, too. And I grew up in a very Catholic family. So I assumed that there were demons in my house and I was terrified. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, like, what what are your like, what's your advice to anyone who may have maybe memories of that as a kid and are fearful to enter this space or maybe even now in in their home or in certain spaces they feel that fear coming in like what's your advice to sort of set your boundaries and get in you know the right energy yeah yeah i mean it depends on your background and how you like to work with this mm -hmm. um we are cultists i'm a witch so i might say hey do um the LVRP or uh, mm -hmm. work with some crystals you feel comfortable with, put that under your pillow or work with a talisman um, or do kind of the white light protection mm -hmm. thing. Depending on what you want, there's a lot of different tools that can help you feel safe. Um, and I wanna say, I wanna point out what you did mm -hmm. um, because this is kind of cool. Also from kind of a magical perspective of working backwards mm -hmm. with yourself. Can you yeah. talk about that? Yeah. So one of the things, if you are someone who's magically operant, we have this idea that time isn't really linear. Time doesn't make any mm -hmm. sense. doesn't make any kind of like spirit sense uh, as we've discovered. Um, but one of the things that I found to be profoundly helpful was to journey back 
to that point when I was like terrified of mm -hmm. weird things in the dark. And in that journey state, um, perform some of the rituals like the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram yeah. or a clearing in that journey state. And then allow myself to be moved back forward through time, essentially doing like inner child work and being like, Hey, little Dan, like this is terrifying for you, but this is also <laughs> not what you think it is. Mm -hmm. And you'll move through it and you'll be fine. Um, I think there's actually something helpful in that. Mm -hmm. I think that by going back and doing that sort of thing, not only do we release the subconscious, like, you know, inner child stuff that we carry from those frankly traumatic experiences, mm -hmm. yeah. but maybe we can actually, maybe there's actually causation there too. And for, you know, mm -hmm. us in the past, maybe we um, alleviated some of those issues. Mm -hmm. I think if you've experienced those things and you've been sitting with them and wondering whether or not it was demons, um, Categorically, I think you can pretty much be sure it wasn't. You're okay. Um, I think that's one of the messages or one of the things that Kat and I bear in mind so heavily. Uh, we often get compared to the Warrens and there's a new Conjuring movie coming out and we love the Conjuring <laughs> films. Amazing. Um, and I, to a degree, do respect the Warrens for like the way in which they like kind of put paranormal investigation on the map. Mm -hmm. I think it's neat. But as people, the Warren's viewpoint of the world as a duality where everything was either God or the devil, mm -hmm. it really did end up hurting people. Mm -hmm. They would go in and investigate homes and everything was always a demon and it was always coming to drag you to hell. Yeah. And that just makes every situation worse. Yeah. Like, <laughs> because oftentimes paranormal encounters do manifest in liminal space. They do manifest around and we know this from research, they manifest around people who experience trauma. So like mm -hmm. if you experience trauma as a child, you're more likely to believe in spirit encounters, have spirit encounters, mm -hmm. oh, wow. etc. Wow. So then coming into that space and saying, well, it's a negative energy doesn't help anyone. Yeah. So for us, we often like to point out that this can be a manifestation of your own like kind of psychic trauma. Mm -hmm. It could be something like a poltergeist that we're just kind of feeding, but has no real intent. Mm -hmm. um, and those things, the good news is can be very easily dismissed. Um, yeah. <laughs> Demons Sorry. sound very scary, but they're also <laughs> very rare. Yeah. yeah. I, and um, I'm laughing because um, dismissing a poltergeist is literally don't think about it. Yeah. <laughs> Just ignore it. It feeds on your attention. Ignore yeah. 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 I know as a kid, that was just, you know, your imagination runs wild. I, I would sleep with my rosary because I was scared and my mom found it under my pillow one day and she was like, what's going on? I was like, there's a ghost in my room. <laughs> I was okay. Yeah. And I, I don't have fear around it now, but um, I lost my train of thought. Oh, I, yeah, I, um, I can't remember who was saying it or where I was reading it, but to stop viewing energy as positive and negative because they're really... It, it's not positive or negative energy. It can be like stuck stagnant energy, but really it's just different vibrations. So mm -hmm. to say something's, you know, evil and something's good, it's not really helping us. It's just viewing something as a vibration and how can I just raise my vibration and push my boundary away from a lower vibration if that's what you feel. That was helpful to me. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, I do think there is kind of a, a gradient, not a, not only just for the entities or the mm -hmm. presences that are felt, but in also how we regard them. Mm -hmm. mm. And a lot of that again is a, a language issue, and so I love that you brought that up because 
when we think about demons, if we look at like mm-hmm. historical texts about demons, that word meant something very different to the people writing yeah. that word. Um, and a Hellenistic like magic, a demon is like a conscious, like you're conscious, mm-hmm. like just, you know, your direction of right or wrong. And it's mm-hmm. driving you to do the right thing to in alignment with your highest self. Um, as we move through like Christianization of magic, of course, then there's this, you know, we're tacking on that this is something angelic or something not angelic Mm -hmm. but even that doesn't really resonate with like 20th century american christianity so it becomes very difficult to talk about these things Mm -hmm. i don't really like to use the word demon because of that i love that low low energy vibration high energy vibration Mm -hmm. kind of dichotomy yeah and have you like experienced dealing with that within a a seance where you felt like a lower vibration that you like if that comes in in a group setting, like how do you maneuver that? Or has that happened? Yes. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. And you uh, just brought my memory back to a seance where I started to, I, I feel things a lot, especially mm-hmm. um, as I'm first starting to get contact, I feel it in my body. And I was feeling like a discomfort in my back and it was kind of approaching like a pain in my back, Mm -hmm. in my lower back. And I was like, oh, this is clearly not a good feeling. This is not something I want. And I said that out loud to our sitters and someone there said, oh my gosh, I'm feeling that too. And for me, that's kind of one of the, (laughs) I, I hate to hear that. because I don't want anyone experiencing anything negative. I don't want anything negative coming in and like affecting people there, especially Mm -hmm. people that aren't me. So for me, that's immediately like, okay, we need to take a breath. We need to reset. And usually I do this in my mind because I don't want people to be frightened. Mm -hmm. I feel like that can really add to feeding the, the negativity. So I kind of, in my mind, I say, okay, I know that you are trying to tell me something. Here is not the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can't be here expressing this right now. And so you need to go. Mm -hmm. And we really have to draw that firm boundary right then and there. Yeah. Right. In seances, it's very, very rare because of the protections we do Mm -hmm. to have a, um, like a, a really hair raising uh, encounter. It might be get your adrenaline running in the moment. Something yeah. might fall over. Something yeah. might move. <laughs> like ah. But also, it's not like you know. Again, something out of the Conjuring films. Yeah. Um, that's extremely rare. What seems to be somewhat more common on I won't say the negative spectrum, but the less than pleasant spectrum, are spirits that are kind of needy that have yeah. things they really want to make up for yes. in life or express mm. about a wrong they've that's done. The other thing. That's difficult because sometimes the people who have joined aren't ready to deal with that spirit. Mm. And that spirit feels it has to come through and say this because it has to make up for something that it did mm-hmm. or wasn't mm-hmm. doing enough. Right. It's and, like, now's my chance. Yeah. I'm right. going to take up all the space. And it's usually the first spirit that comes through. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And so, okay, well, this is happening. Um now we're going to move on. Right. Yeah. And we just essentially at that point, it's equipping the person who the spirit is there for to say, listen, just so you know, this is being said and being felt. Mm-hmm. We don't have to deal with it. We can ask it to leave. You're the boss. Of, you make the rules yeah. of your own house. Yeah. So like, yeah. 
you don't have to tolerate it if you don't want to. And if you feel like you're not ready to work with this, don't. That's okay. That spirit will be there for quite a long time. Yeah. So <laughs> when, when you're ready. ready. Yeah. Um, that's, that's about the extent of it. Yeah. There's so much permission involved in mediumship and connecting to the spirit world. Like, I, I think there might be a lot of nervousness and fear around it. But when you start entering it with the knowledge of like, you just have to give permission and take it back and like, that that's all it is it's yeah. it's pretty pretty simple but you have to just be confident in your ability to do that is that mm-hmm. spirit typically someone connected to someone at the table or could it just be like passing by <laughs> sees the chance mm-hmm. it's usually someone connected because dan and i when we were doing seances more frequently in person, we're starting to get back into that now. Um, but we had a location that we were doing seances regularly. Mm. So we basically got to know the spirits or that were in the space. Mm-hmm. And we did regular like clearings of any negative spirits because mm-hmm. it is on a street and, you know, spirits pop by. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was just it was pretty rare in that location. Yeah, because we managed it. It's normally for it's like when you um, set aside that time and there's someone there that had just been waiting mm-hmm. and waiting and waiting. And they're like, this is my chance. Yeah. <laughs> and that usually happens with for the people that we're doing this with. Mm-hmm. That, makes that makes a lot of sense. Which Claire's are your strongest, each of you? love this question. <laughs> uh, Claire Sentience is strongest for me. Um, and what's the one? I know it. I know it. I know it. Claire Cognizance mm-hmm. is strongest for me. Mm-hmm. Dan, you have the, the hard one. To I say. have the hard one to say. Um, so these things, <laughs> when we talk about the Claire's, like, again, it's useful to have the, the breakdowns of like mm-hmm. what category, mm-hmm. but it's more of a gradient than a silo. There's so blending there. there's a lot of blending. Yeah. The weirdest one for me is Claire Gustin's or like mm-hmm. the ability to taste mm-hmm. something that's yeah, really talking or smell. Oh, that's so weird. I don't know what to do with that. Like, yeah. I've had a few really weird experiences where I guess I've had that too. Yeah, where there's like times. just an overwhelming taste of like, oh wow, I've never eaten this in my life. Now I need <laughs> I to figure no out what this. What is this? And you know, it's hard enough like to sit down at a table and cover your eyes and be served something mm-hmm. and know like, oh, what am I eating? Because eating is such a full sensory experience. Yeah, so you yeah. see it, you taste it, you smell it. So just to get the weird taste. It's like, is this rice? Is what is this? It's fun to watch this process. And you don't have like the texture either, right? Like you yeah, just have the taste. <laughs> I have like not is... experienced that one. Have you? Uh, I've gotten, I've done the smell a few times. Clearly. I think I got the taste once and I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> smell, I, I smell my mom once in a while, like oh. very clearly. And I, it, it all, I, I, she only does it once in a while because it really like, you know your sense of smell is so emotional but i love you know when i she had a very unique smell (laughs) but i haven't experienced it in like um a reading for somebody else but Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think maybe it's the taurus moon for dan coming through (laughs) Mm, very sensual yes tasty i have a another question (laughs) 
what what do the Eckharts do for fun? Oh yeah, yeah, when you're not talking to to ghosts and <laughs> fun, what is that? <laughs> no, we 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 love we movies. Yeah, together. we're big in film. Uh, love movies, and um, a lot of our stuff is still unfortunately or unfortunately connected to this work. Mm-hmm. So you know, I don't want to be boring but like (laughs) we're a bit obsessive like i'm really excited friday night we're going to do a paranormal investigation which for me is fun because it's not it's not the same type of like encounter that we have where we're reading for someone or hosting a seance Mm -hmm, in this mm -hmm. case it's about us going to get to experience and kind of experience Mm. without the um the uh protection or not the protections but the um the responsibility that's the word i'm looking for mm-hmm. for other people's experiences mm. it's for us to kind of like dabble in and i find that's when i have the weirdest most hair raising most you know excitable experiences but i love that and then like movie stuff a lot of our films are connected strongly to like oh we love horror movies yeah, right i do too <laughs> yeah i love that i love that it's like not just a piece of your life but it's mm-hmm. like the whole picture. It's, it's very, very much pretty. Might big. be a problem. We don't know. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, I wonder if they're gonna say like mini golf. Like I, <laughs> I didn't know what it might be. I had yeah. to ask. I'm putting it very like front and center on our Goddess Hings vision board that we're going to fly out and do a whole weekend. I'm inviting us to your home to do a whole weekend of activities with you. Perfect. And documenting the whole process. Cause I You're just always think- You're welcome. Sounds that sounds fun. It would be really fun to do an IRL seance. That would be- Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Really um, because there is like the digital world and doing digital seances has been really impactful for us and mm-hmm. has been really profound, uh, but it is nice we just uh well i unfortunately cat couldn't make it that night but i just did a event in dc that was live and it felt oh. so weird to be back with people and like yeah. in a shared space i'm so excited to do that in the seance room again yeah well, we did readings mm-hmm. live mm-hmm. that's true we did that so we did the readings nice. the day before yeah that was nice too I don't want the Zoom to cut off. Does it cut off at No, it won't because it's only two people. It only does it. Oh, fabulous. Okay. <laughs> There's more than two um, people. Okay. What else should we talk about? <laughs> um, so what did you do before you were able to like build this beautiful celebrity occultist business? Like where did you come from and how did you like use that and what you do now? Because we're both obsessed with like you can do whatever you want to do and make money doing it. So, like, what was that journey like for you? Yeah, that's a great question. It's a big question. Well, <laughs> Take I a moment mean, to think about it. <laughs> when we got out of college, we were still in this mindset where we had to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we had to get a stable job at a company that was really good Mm -hmm. and Dan might try some grad school (laughs) just just a taste of grad school (laughs) and and we tried that and we just 
It was yeah. not good. It wasn't, mm-hmm. We didn't, it didn't, it didn't go well. No, I yes. worked at like a technology company for a very brief period of time um, on the client relations angle of it. It was a small like tech startup essentially that had been starting up for five years. Mm. <laughs> it was, it was interesting. Still it's still technically <laughs> yeah, starting. Yeah. Um, and that was really rough. Like, because you would go in and it was like, okay, I'm doing this thing. And we lived uh, outside of Philadelphia in Bryn Mawr. And mm. so there was like this, you know, okay, we're in this like really neat environment where lots of like stuff is happening. And Kat, you were working at a law firm. Yes. Mm. And it just felt super unfulfilling. Yeah. Like just you wake up every yeah. day hating your life and dreading going to work mm-hmm. because we were where we were supposed to be. Yes, exactly. Mm. But it was the worst. Yes. Mm. And so we came down to where we're currently at on In Maryland. Yeah. On a um weekend to visit her family. Yeah. And we just walked into this town and we were like, this is the coolest town. Like there's something weird here. There's something yeah. really weird here. And within like a month we had decided we were moving here and like our whole life took an abrupt turn um and then there was a conversation around like okay so we want to experience we want to experience the weird Mm -hmm. and so how does that what does that mean what does that how do you do that and it became a process of dipping your toe in so for me it was doing ghost tours like learning Mm -hmm. about the town Mm -hmm. connecting with the spirits still not wanting to claim oh yes i'm the seance host or a medium but working with that and then dipping further into like psychic kind of stuff and tarot readings and mm-hmm. uh, psychic entertainment and working with corporations to do like events, which was mm-hmm. fun. And it was neat to be like the tarot reader and the, uh, the psychic, but still respectable because, you know, you're not, Oh, I, I don't know. Am I doing the seance right, stuff? Like, yeah. But it was our love. <laughs> like it was so interesting. And then last year with the pandemic, that was like the kind of final nail in the coffin that was like, we're doing these seances for friends, for family, for Mm -hmm. even sometimes open to the public. But when the pandemic happened and we kind of had that moment of being like, well, what are we doing with our lives? Because literally this could stop, like this could just stop at any point. Mm -hmm. Um, The world doesn't run on autopilot, it seems like something happened. Yeah. Then it became, okay, well, we're just gonna do this. Like, this is what we wanna do. We don't know how much time we have, so let's just do it. Yes. And that's where we're at. Yeah. It's amazing it. how many people like this. A very similar thing happened to both Sadie mm-hmm. and me when everything like shut down. There was a great pause and that same realization of like, oh, my God, life is short. And why are why am I not 100,000 percent going for what I really, really want to do? And like and we all had the time to freaking do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The world stopped, so we were like, "What am I going to do with this time?" Yeah, so that's that's amazing. I he- I hear um, a couple guests we've had on had the same the same. I think people who are who are open, um, that's what happened to them last year, and they didn't yeah. they didn't use it as like a reason to dip even like lower. They used it as a reason to like walk around the hole and find another Claim way. If that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's a good so metaphor. Awesome. It's, like that. it's a great <laughs> metaphor um, because it is weird when we, and this is one of the things that being involved in like spirit stuff, like, and the, like just the weird world we're in the mm-hmm. liminal world, um, magic, magic, the occult. <laughs> one of the great things about magic is that it reframes like our perspective on the world. 
Um, it reframes what is normal and what is not. And if you stop and think about like, you know, there's been this incredible human progress over the past hundred years, technologically speaking, mm -hmm. and yet people are still living the same way functionally. They still mm -hmm. go to work the same way. They still put in eight hours a day because mm -hmm. that was something that kind of arbitrarily happened um, at the turn of the century. Yeah. And we're just still kind of we on autopilot through hours. that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Got it down to eight hours and then just stopped. Like, it strikes me that that's a weird thing to do. <laughs> so it is a weird thing to do. It if is. you love doing it, then do it. Like, yeah. that's great. Go for it. If you don't, um, that's okay, too. Like, there's space for people to be living that kind of authenticness, which I think is sometimes a little trite, but it's true. There's space for you. Mm -hmm. Take up space. Yes. <laughs> I feel so good. I, <laughs> I, I love talking to you guys. Wow. <laughs> I'm just well, sitting here with a big smile. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing that we find from spirit messages, right? Like ancestors want us to flourish. Our mm -hmm. exalted ancestors, spirits, they want us to live a fullness of life. Um, and that's like the big misconception that I think people have coming into a seance. They're mm. like, I expect bad news. I yeah. expect like, tell, don't tell me anything or it's going to be bad. It's like, I'm not going to tell you anything, but your ancestors <laughs> might show up and say like, go do that thing you want to do. Like, yeah. I, um, I was reading something about the concept of, you know, we reincarnate like over and over again within our soul family. So our ancestors are also going to reincarnate as our, you know, children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. So they want us to, you know, be happy and and grow happy families and make money and create generational wealth and all this stuff because they're like, I want to be reborn into that. Like, yes, mm -hmm. please. Like, I'm cheering you on. Go all the way. Do exactly what you want to do because you're going to set me up in the future with all of that. And I thought that was just the coolest concept of like, these guys are going to help me along the way because they it benefits them too, not just me. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cool concept. Yeah. Do, do you have, this is sort of connected, but sort of not. Do you have a spirit guide that helps you put together the seances? Like, is there a particular, you know, masculine or feminine energy that comes in and like, is sort of like your mentor or assistant in spirit that helps mm -hmm. um i think our spirit guides normally come in during the seance I'm trying to think if they come in before um but yes we work with multiple spirit guides um i think i can speak for both mm -hmm. of us yeah um I have one that's named eleanor that i like in particular <laughs> um and she just normally comes in during the automatic writing and the spirit messages portion. But I do think that there is some sort of guidance that's underlying how we end up any sort of variation for that evening. I do kind of feel like sometimes we get little hunches, maybe we might call them, of I think we should spend more time here. I think we should spend more time grounding. I think we should spend more time talking about this specific aspect because someone coming might need that. And I guess I'm not really sure where that's come from. I haven't really sat down to interrogate it. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think that spirit is giving us messages a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Uh, for me, I recently started. That, at, that's for everyone. That's oh, not yes. just for us. Yeah, that is for everyone. Um, I recently started at Kat's request doing more automatic writing. Mm, and um, through that process, really connecting with spirit and both like um, spirit and also like inner what I'm just calling like inner wisdom or whatever, like highest possible self mm-hmm. um, and seeing where that leads. And the results of that have been really, really profound and really, really weird. And mm-hmm. like all this stuff, very uncanny. I know we already spoke about like this kind of like angelic demonic kind of like dichotomy and how that's mm-hmm. not really useful, but one of, well, the three like angels oriented around my birth from my birth time specifically deal and cats, uh, yours, one of yours does, but they specifically deal with like facilitation and speaking, mediumship, mm. and then um, something that's a little bit more personal just for me. But those two things feel like I never knew, like I had no way of knowing that. Like yeah. I didn't know that about myself. And yet here I am living out this thing that corresponds with astrology and corresponds mm-hmm. with like angelic magic traditions and it just speaks to this bigger web of weirdness. So connecting with that and writing to that and seeing what comes back has been really transformative. Like in this past month has been probably the thing that's turned my world most upside down. That's so cool. I love how um, sometimes people come to like a medium or a psychic trying to like learn stuff about the future maybe, but it's really more so like confirming so much stuff about yourself and it makes you feel like, I don't know, maybe some of this stuff made you feel like crazy or something. And you're like, oh, there's a reason why I'm called to this or like there's a, I'm, I'm meant for this. I love how confirming astrology or tarot readings or seeing a psychic or a medium can be. It's not always just like random information <laughs> coming through. It's right. just it's such a incredible tool for transformation and, and self-growth oh, yeah. and um I think people before they're in the world kind of view it as, you know, oh, magical and cool, but then you're in it and you're like, oh, this is this is going to kick my ass and like set me on the right track. Like it's a little mm-hmm. more. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> um, divining the future is like, I, I question its usefulness. Like mm-hmm. we've had some weird things happen. Like we predicted the news a year in advance um, in January for this year. Mm. And so far we've been really accurate, which has been really weird. Wow. But... Mm. I wonder how useful that is, especially like when we started this um, divination felt like, okay, we're trying to determine what's going to happen in the future. But now I view it as almost like a causative kind of thing. Like Mm -hmm. seeing the cards impacts the way I'm going to view my experience of the future. Mm -hmm. And so it's a co-creative thing. Yeah. Um, Even if I choose not to do what the cards say, I'm still reacting against them and creating future. So I, I strange. Yeah, it's strange. It yeah, anything um, predicted, you know, there's the butterfly effect too. Like that's just maybe the most likely mathematically of what will happen, but the smallest thing can skew that way off. But that's yeah, yeah it's interesting. Would you would you be open to sharing some of your predictions that have manifested? Ooh. Yes. So the yes. ones that have manifested are interesting. Um, <laughs> Do you have any that spring to mind immediately for you? I mean, we have to talk about the UFOs. We have to talk about the UFOs. Yes. <laughs> <Our favorite laughs> <Because topic. laughs> we, we were talking with the reporter 
And we said this year there's going to be a lot of UFO sightings. Yes. Like it's going to go That's up what we said. categorically, like more UFO sightings by orders of magnitude. People are going to be like, I'm seeing them all the time. Mm-hmm. And the reporter was like, wow, that's really cool. And then published the paper that said that there would be UFO disclosure this year. And I was like, I don't think uh, that that wasn't quite what I said. But yeah. still, there's that weird element of speaking something into reality. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, we're in June right now, for those of you who are tuning in on a later recording. Yes. But June is the month in which the uh, Pentagon has come out to Congress mm-hmm. and is like, hey, UFOs, they're here and we don't know what to do with them. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that was probably the biggest, like weirdest thing because yeah. it felt mm-hmm. so out of left field. Mm-hmm. Um, and then had some predictions around uh, the pandemic. Yes, which uh, so far has gone according to, to plan. what we expected. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, astrologically speaking, there was a lot around the pandemic kind of winding down in May, mm-hmm. uh, which we're coming out of Maryland. We're coming out of May now. It's June second, and yeah, the pandemic's really winding down. Um, yeah, yeah. These were made back January first. At the time, people were saying that this could drag on for two years. There, and it's still May. Uh, but we yeah. were adamant that in May there will be, you know, a significant a ramp down. Yeah. yeah. And we also, uh, we this is one we'll say we kind of got. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we, we, we predicted that uh, Donald Trump would launch his own media brand this year. Um, and we kind of got it. He did launch his own media platform, but it's like a blog and it's terrible. <laughs> so I, That's so weird because I saw that today, like on my phone. I was like, he's got a blog and then you're bringing it up. <laughs> yeah. right I did like, not hear anything about that until like, I don't know, an hour before we started talking. So that's so funny. Is he on Tumblr? What is his? I don't know. He said <laughs> Trump's blog, something, something. Yeah. I didn't bother reading more into it. <laughs> No. No, no one wants to hear that. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, okay, I want to hear more about UFOs. Have you had any, par- like, not paranormal, UFO experiences, seeing them? Oh, my God, you're going like oh, this. Oh, 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 yeah. oh. Tell us everything. <laughs> UFOs were the center of my, like, childhood trauma. Really? Uh, oh, my yes, gosh. Yes, like, things looking in the window at night, um, owls perched outside looking in the window, uh, things in the room, like, terrifying experiences i have this and this this is crazy but i'm gonna show you you're gonna tell i have this weird thing that's in my hand uh i don't know if i can show it it's this little Uh dark thing um nobody knows how it got there and it is something metallic but it's just hanging out in there wait wait wait. i don't know what that is bring that forward again and point right uh right there it's just under the skin. Yeah, it's I, this I weird, like, oh, like that little dot kind of thing. Yeah, little yeah, dot yeah thing. I can you, see it. And is it hard? See, yeah, it's hard. If you were to see it in real life, it's like under the skin and just kind of like floats there. It's very weird. Very, very weird. Have I you tried know to like what, have anyone look at it to like. I I talked with my physician and they were like, <laughs> you can take it out of there, but if it's not causing you any pain, like. Yeah, just leave it in. And yeah. I was like, oh, I guess you're the doctor. Like, okay. So you're like, somebody's tracking me. <laughs> <laughs> it is really weird. Yeah. And I know, I know what like a lot of UFO theorists would say. I don't think that I'm an abductee. I don't think I've ever had any kind of weird like alien communication or anything like mm-hmm. that. If anything, I think that the UFO phenomena is an expression of the par- paranormal where we put our own language on it. Mm-hmm. So we expect 
we see lights in the sky and we say these are UFOs. But if we see lights in the woods, we say that they're Bigfoot eyes. And if we mm-hmm. see lights in a house, mm-hmm. we say it's ghosts. So like- If we're in Ireland, we say it's fairies. Exactly. If we're in Ireland, <laughs> we say it's fairies. So I feel like whatever is paranormal is co-creating with us. Mm-hmm. Um, when we do digital seances, things show up on the screen in people's Zoom rooms, like moving from Zoom room to Zoom room. Oh, wow. But crucially, they appear on the screen. Like that spirit thing could manifest behind the camera, but it needs to be seen by us. Mm -hmm. It's a weird, like it needs us as much as we need it. And if we look at like Crowley's writing, when he's talking with like angels, the things that he describes as angels are like angelic messengers to bring him Thelema look a lot like aliens. Mm-hmm. Um, does that mean he was talking with aliens? I don't think he was talking with someone from like Zeta Reticuli. I feel like maybe it's just the consciousness expression mm-hmm. and how we give it form. When did you notice this thing in your hand? <laughs> <laughs> Juliet's like, I gotta know more. <laughs> it's been there as long as I can remember. I have vivid um, memories of it, being aware of it around like, being younger like when these things first started to really happen oh and after that we were having a conversation with someone the other day and they just shared with us their very strange experience with like black kind of particulate that needed to be removed from their shoulder Mm. and they were describing it and i kind of was just like put your hand yeah (laughs) Yeah. Wow. That sounds like the same thing. So this is definitely the weirdest podcast we've ever done because we've never talked about this before. But it's it, not is, an it is something <laughs> yeah. We ask everyone yeah. about aliens and ghosts and spirits and whatever. We ask everyone. So now we'll have to be like, are there any weird things in your body? They'll be like, why are you asking me that? <laughs> oh, why are you wow. asking that? My um my mom used to tell me about how when she was a kid, she thought that she got abducted by aliens multiple times but then when she got older she learned about um like how night terrors manifest and like sleep paralysis and i experienced the same thing except for me i thought i was being possessed by a demon as a child Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. it's interesting that's like a whole nother phenomenon but um like it's everyone has these just strange experiences and she was so sure for so long and she was like i can't tell anybody because like i'll get in trouble or something and she had these vivid memories of being like taken up and brought back down and who knows but who knows yeah if if you don't mind me asking was she very was she a creative person yes and she um she was very so she you know she was the generation before me so probably an even stricter catholic family and so i think that was also her fear around I can't say something, um, but she, like, you know, in her adulthood, like, I saw her carefully exploring, like, uh, energy healing, like, she was a Qigong healer, and she meditated all the time, and she was, like, always cautious about telling me about visions she saw and stuff, and she mm-hmm. wouldn't call it what it really was of her, like, tapping in, She, because she was still Catholic and didn't understand, like, mm-hmm. how the, those worlds meshed. Um, but it was something I grew to appreciate after she passed. I was like, oh, like my mom was totally psychic and tapped in and she didn't even know it really. Like, but she was very open. Yeah. 
And that's something we see a lot with people who have like these encounters with the other, uh, whether it be ghosts or UFOs, but predominantly UFO like stories. Mm -hmm. People have this encounter um, and then all of a sudden they're super interested in creative stuff, energy healing, Mm -hmm. um, energetic information, psychic stuff. Um, It's not really surprising that you're interested in it, that your mom was, that we are. Yeah. um, (laughs) There's like a weird, there's self-selection going on there too, for sure. I remember I the wondered. um the first time I got my like full birth chart read and the astrologer was like, um, there's something here, like a connection with your mother. Are you both psychic? And I was like, Yeah, actually I just learned that about myself and I think she was too. So it's right there in the stars. It's super interesting. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. We have um Mr. Cat on the floor and he's I don't know if he's being abducted at this moment. <laughs> my cat. He's acting so weird. He's like asleep. He's, he's but dreaming. He's lifting his head like this. But like he's asleep. It's How's very Boo doing back there? She's looking asleep. normal. Yeah. <laughs> Got That's her awesome. too. Uh, there's a seance happening with this cat. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are some things that you want to share with our listeners? Like what are, when's the next seance? How can they find you? Um, I know you also do the School of Occult Arts, which is really interesting. Like tell us a little bit about how the readers or the readers the listeners <laughs> talking about readings the listeners can like work with you and get to experience the the Eckhart experience yes so if you don't live near us in Maryland that's okay uh, we do a lot of digital events and at the end of every month we do spirit summoning which is a uh, group readings event uh, where Kat and I will try and channel and receive as many messages as we can for those who join us. They generally last about an hour and a half, sometimes a little longer, sometimes a little bit shorter than that, but generally an hour and a half. Um, so if you're just interested and you want to see like, oh, what's a reading look like? What mm-hmm. does it feel like? I'd like to just be read by the Eckerts or see them work. Um, Spirit Summoning is a great place to do that. Mm-hmm. We also do our digital seances and we have a quarterly digital seance coming up in July. And this, uh, we send out a curated seance box full of material, which you will need for the seance. We join via Zoom and have an evening together doing that. And excitingly, um, I know you're part of the seance coven. By the time the listeners hear this, excitingly, we have opened seance coven too, because people are very interested in that. Uh, This takes place from the summer solstice to the winter solstice. And it's going to be a group where we explore all the different aspects of seance communication, of spirit communication, and really kind of help people try and find what works Mm -hmm. best for them. We have monthly seances Mm -hmm. and Q&A sessions and a lot of facilitation in our Coven Facebook group. Exactly. Exactly. And so if you're really interested in that, that is also on our website. The final uh, thing we do, which you mentioned, is the School of Occult Arts. Uh, We do this with an incredible artist from Chicago, Isabel Mm -hmm. Rizzo. Uh, She is a hypnotist, a um, death doula. Death doula. She's a lot of things. Yeah, she's a lot of things. She's worked with Goop, (laughs) with Atlas Obscura. Facilitator. Yeah. So get her on next. Yeah. Well, you should actually. Yeah. So we work with her and um, we cover various different aspects of magical application, whether it be history, um, tarot, herbalism, mediumship. It's really a great place that if you're interested in like uh, whether you're a baby witch or interested in occultist philosophy or thought, this is a great place to just check it out, hang Mm -hmm. out with a group of people who uh, have like similar ideas and are interested in exploring the world of magic. Yeah. 
I love it. Yeah, I love um, for anyone that is listening and interested. The thing about the seance coven is just like it's really cool to meet people that are into what you're into and like me and Juliet have each other but it's been fun to like I don't really have any other friends that I can say crazy shit to and they're like oh yeah yeah sure sure <laughs> so it's been fun to make new new bonds that way and and just get to know more people that are interested in this world so yeah, yeah it's been fun for us too yes yes definitely to see people's experiences and um the kind of group development work mm-hmm. i know sadie you missed the last uh yes. the actual like pendulum seance but having okay. people split into groups and watching them who some of them who have never communicated with spirit before or had mm-hmm. like a mediumistic experience sit down with a pendulum and receive information about the person that they're reading for and watch as that kind of shapes for them and takes form for them. It's incredible. Um, and it's nice to have that community. Yeah. So awesome. When you guys eventually do a, um, big live expo type thing it must be called the Eckhart experience like when you said that I was like wait a second like ding 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 I'm on to something here noted (laughs) or whatever you want to call it thank you for that (laughs) um and what is your website and your Instagram and your TikTok we'll link everything for you yes so we're at the Eckharts.com and our Instagram is at the Eckharts it's at dot the no, at the, the dot, dot Eckhart's. There we go. <laughs> TikTok is the same. The same. At the dot Eckhart's. Beautiful. Um, easy. Well, thank you yes. guys so, so much for spending this hour or so with us. It was so fun getting to chat and get to know you guys more. It's been a yes, delight. Thank you. This yeah, has been for a blast. Us too. Thanks for having us. <laughs> thank you. Chat soon. Bye.